Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, we are continuing with the third year in Orachaim, and we are beginning our topic of Hilchot Tzitzit, which is going to be a future um, in the next couple of weeks. I just want to highlight that the, the, the past two weeks we've been dealing with Natilak Yadayim, um, and that is clearly a rabbinic, uh, a rabbinic enactment. And we've been discussing a, a lot of the rabbinic enactments, when they apply, when they don't apply. Uh, we are now going to be dealing with a classic Torah mitzvah. And uh, the discussion is going to be slightly different, less Zohar and less uh, conflicting things regarding that. But really, what are the psukim telling us? And as we'll see, there are many, many discussions amongst the Rishonim as to what, how to define this mitzvah and what exactly has to be done. So, so let's begin. Uh, the source of the mitzvah is as follows. Um, the Pasuk says, sorry, I'm just going to make, um, there we go. The Pasuk says, Daber el b'nei Yisrael v'amarta lehem v'asulehem tzitzit al kanfei bigdehem ledorotam. So the first thing that we know from this mitzvah is that asulehem tzitzit, right? that you have to make fringes, al kanfei big day, they have to have on the corner of your garment. So we learned, we're going to see two very interesting discussions uh, in the halacha from these two words. Al kanfei, what does it mean, cornered garments? And big day, a garment, how do you define a garment? And also the techelet, has to be put on as well. That is the, the famous blue thread that is also integral. Now, is that a separate mitzvah or is that a critical criteria in order to fulfill the mitzvah? It's not so clear from the Pasuk. Is that a separate mitzvah or is this part of the criteria? We'll discuss that in the fifth year when we get to discuss the laws of Tchelet. Continues the Pasuk. And you shall see them, or it. Here we have another two criteria. Tzitzit has to be seen, and we'll see how Chazal learned from this many halachot. And through this, you will remember the mitzvot of Hashem. This is quite interesting as well, because many mitzvot, we're given the commandment to do the mitzvah. We're not given the reason behind it. Here the Torah tells us, and you will remember all the mitzvot of Hashem. That condition, is that critical to fulfilling the mitzvah? Or is the mitzvah one thing? And how we relate to this uh, phrase, um, maybe that's not critical from a perspective. Maybe it is. We'll see that also um, later on that the Achronim deal with that. And if you... Um, so to, that's all in Bamidba. But in Dvarim, the Torah once again tells us about the mitzvah of tzitzit. And here it uses the phrase, Gedilim Taselach. Gedilim. What is the word Gedil? So if, if one would look at the, the classic uh, tzitzit, I'll just take my tzitzit for, for a moment. Right? One could argue that the Gedil is this part of the tzitzit that is tied together. And the tzitzit that we're talking about are the actual individual uh, strands. But that we're going to have to discuss later on. Gedilim ta'aselach al arba kanfot ksutcha. So here, if beforehand it just says you have to put tzitzit on a cornered garment, we didn't know how many corners. Here in Dvarim, the Torah tells us, al arba kanfot, it has to be, and I'm going to add the word at least in parentheses, at least four corners. Ksutcha. And again, here the Torah uses the word ksut, a, a, a garment. And that's going to be critical that we're going to learn the halachot, what, is, what defines a garment. Ksutcha, something that covers you. Asher ba. And why does the Torah repeat that? So we will discuss every single word in these uh, few psukim 
Chazal had many discussions on what we can learn from it. So I was just highlighting a few of the discussions that we can pick out from reading the Psukim. Let's continue. The Sefer Achinov tells us what, what the, the reason behind the mitzvah. And he says as follows, that the reason behind this mitzvah is actually explicit in the psukim. Many of the psukim tell us to do a mitzvah and the Sefer Achinuch works very hard to try and understand what is the idea behind the mitzvah. But yeah, he says it's explicit in the psukim. In order that we will remember all of the mitzvot of Hashem. And he explains further, there is nothing greater in order to remind ourselves as if we bear the signature of our master on our clothing. That we always enwrapped in, in, in ancient times, when you had a slave, they had to wear some type of chotam. Um, uh, um, uh, the, the Romans, if a slave would take off a bracelet saying that they were a slave, you know, they could get killed. So he's saying this is a very similar idea. Akash Baruch is telling us where these sit and by wearing them, we will always remember that we are the servants of Akash Baruch and will, we will fulfill his mitzvot. Okay, um, very, very briefly, let's just go into the ma'alot, the wonderful um, benefits of this mitzvah. The Gemara in the Sechet Shabbos says, Amarish Lakish, Kolazahir Betzitzit, anyone who's careful, careful in the midst of tzitzit, Zoche Umeshamshin Lo Shnei Alafim Ushmonamot Avadim. That's quite interesting because we are talking about. 2,800 servants. How do we get to that number? From a pasuk in Zechariah. Zechariah is talking about the end of end of days. In the future, right? ten people will will uh, grab from every one of the 70 nations. And all 10 people from 70 nations will grab onto one corner of a Jew, saying, Let us go up to Jerusalem with you. So if we, you do the maths, if there's 70 nations and each nation will have 10 people hanging on to one corner of a Jewish guard of the, the tzitzit and the person has four corners. So that's 700 times four, 2,800. So that's how the Gemara gets that in the future, a person who is careful regarding the mitzvah of tzitzit will be rewarded with 2,800 uh, helpers or servants. Um, that's one benefit that we see. The Gemara Menachot, Mem Gimel, Tanya Idach, Uri Tem Oto Uzchartem et Kol Mitzvot Hashem. And you see it, and you will remember all the mitzvot of Hashem. Shkula mitzvah zo keneged kol ha-mitzvot kulan. This is one of the few mitzvot that our sages tell us is equal to all the mitzvot in the Torah. I remember when I was in high school, Rav Shlomo Goren Zatzal, the chief rabbi of Israel, came to visit us in South Africa. And he, um, I remember him giving a shir, and he said, how many mitzvot are there that are written? Shkula mitzvah zo keneged kola mitzvot kula. How many mitzvot are said about that? Shabbos, this, that. So he said, he said, I've counted eight. Uh, through all shas and poskim and uh, etc. He said he's got, he's seen eight. Truth is, today with Shut Barilan, you don't need to be a big uh, Talmud Chochem. You just put in a search and you could probably, you could probably find the list. But, you know, 20 years ago, when he was speaking to me, they didn't have Shut Barilan, so you really had to be a huge Talmud Chochem to get to that number. So anyway, this is one of the eight. This is one of the eight where Chazal tell us that a person who is careful to fulfill this mitzvah, it's like he's fulfilled all the mitzvah, or it's equal to all the mitzvahs. And Uri Temoto, uh, another brighter says, If a person sees 
as a, there's a phrase, the RCs and the, the, the heart, uh, um, how does the phrase, the, the RCs and the heart uh, um, desires or something like that, right? So here, this is a, a, a slight variation of that uh, phrase. Ria, if a person sees, will cause us to remember. And when we remember, we'll, we will act appropriately. Everyone remembers the famous Gemara in Menachot, the story uh, of, uh, of uh, a certain, uh, um, I can't remember his name now, um, that uh, basically almost wanted to sin with the harlot. And uh, the reason he was saved is because the sort his tzitzit uh, literally hit him in the face. So um, that is, uh, and from there we learn the the, the din of uh, Hilchot Truba. Okay, anyway, so we see great uh, uh, one last uh, mila of the mitzvah of tzitzit, Rav Shimon Bar Yochai Omer, that a person who is careful in this mitzvah will merit to, to see, receive the shechina. It says, So, okay, so that's just a, a few of the mailas that we, that we have regarding the mitzvah of tzitzit. And perhaps it's, it's quite critical to discuss this for the next section of the of, of this uh, shear, because the real question is: Is there a mitzvah today to wear tzitzit? Now, for those of you who have a the safer, uh, I highly recommend at the end of this shear, there's a fantastic essay by Rabetzi Shor describing the different uh, categories of mitzvot: mitzvot chiyuviot and mitzvot kiyumiot. A obligatory mitzvah and an optional mitzvah. And, and there Abensi basically goes through the different approaches of the achronim. What does it mean that there's an optional mitzvah? That seems to be an oxymoron because a mitzvah by definition is a commandment that we have to do something. And an option means that I've got a choice. So which one is it? Do I have an option or, or, or is it an obligation? How does that fit? And uh, there are three different approaches of the achronim regarding the mitzvah of uh, tzitzit specifically, but this whole concept of mitzvot kiyumiyot. So it's a fascinating discussion. We're not really going to get into it. I'm just going to highlight that it comes up as we learn these sources. So the Gemara says in Masechet Menachot, Melacha Ashkechei L'Rav Ketina Sadina. So an, an angel found Rav Ketina who was covering himself in a certain uh, cloth. Katina, Katina. So he says to him, Katina, right? that you're covering yourself in some type of cloth in the, in the summer that didn't have corners, and a coat in the winter that didn't have corners. Tzitzit of, of, of Tchelet, where are you going to fulfill the mitzvah from? I'm just going to just highlight. It's a very strange uh, way the Gemara phrases it. Tzitzit shel tchelet. Tzitzit, right? The mitzvah of tzitzit with tchelet. From this Gemara, one could argue that it's one mitzvah. Tchelet and tzitzit, maybe. But uh, I'll just keep that in the back of your minds when we go to the shir on tchelet. We'll have to discuss it. So I'm lay. So he said to him, and shitwa asay. What you 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 punishing me because I didn't fulfill a positive commandment? I just didn't do it. So says the the angel, you're right. You only have to put on tzitzit if you're wearing a four corner garment. You're not wearing a four corner garment. It's not a mitzvah to put on tzitzit, and therefore you are exempt. However, and you're not going to be punished. But when Akash Baruch Hu, we just did parashat. Balak and Bilam, the Gemara says, what was the greatness of Bilam? He was able to know the exact time when Akash Baruch Hu gets cross every day. So this is Shat Ritcha, this fraction of a second where Akash Baruch Hu gets angry and then he punishes, he punishes people for not putting on tzitzit. Tzitzit, what you're trying to do, all types of uh, tricks to get out of the midst of tzitzit. So from here we learn that although there might not be an absolute obligation, one definitely should try to do it. Not only that, a person who doesn't put on tzitzit, he could actually be punished. Um, again, 
it's a very, very um, specific time that a Kosh will punish. But, uh, but you don't want to get in, uh, oneself into such a situation. Let's see how the Rambam formulates this mitzvah. Although a person is not obligated to buy a garment, and to cover himself in order that he must place on it tzitzit. It is not worthy of a pious person that he shall um, exempt himself from such a mitzvah. A person should always strive to fulfill, to be obligated in a mitzvah that he will fulfill. Now, this one could argue we have a, a similar mitzvah like mezuzah. Mezuzah, you're only obligated to put on a mezuzah if you're living in a house. If you're living in a tent right, or whatever, under the stars, you're not obligated to, to, uh, to put on the mezuzah by the opening of one's tent. We don't find the language of the Rambam that a person should strive to live in a house in order that they can put up a, a mezuzah. We don't find that language. We do find the Dragonic Tzitzit, meaning although they're both non-obligatory mitzvot, they are optional mitzvot that in certain scenarios one is obligated. Nevertheless, says the Rambam, one should try as much as possible. A person who's a pious person should try and make himself obligated in this mitzvah. Let's see how the Shulchan Aruch rules. In Orachaim, Chaf Dalet, Sif Aleph, Im Ein Adam Lovesh Talit, right? that if a person doesn't uh, wear a four-cornered garment, but he's not obligated in tzitzit. But it is good and proper for koladam. Notice, he doesn't say a pious person. Every person should be careful the entire day. Because by doing this, you, there's a double benefit. Number one, you get the mitzvah. And number two, you get the benefit of the mitzvah, which is remembering all the other mitzvot. Uh, the Igrot Moshe adds on to this. Rav Moshe Feinstein, in his Orachaim, Chelek Dalet, Sif Dalet, he says, another reason to wear, to wear a, a Talit Katan, what we're going to call Tzitzit is a Talit Katan. Although according to the strict letter of the law, one's not obligated to wear only if one wears a garment that has four corners and he hadn't got tzitzit, he transgresses a positive commandment. Now adds the Igrot Moshe. Over the last hundreds of years, since all of Israel have taken upon themselves, like a minak, to obligate themselves that they make a special four-cornered garment to wear to, in order to be obligated in the midst of tzitzit, it is prohibited for any person to not do this. The Lorgara Mikol Minhag says from Moshe Feinstein, this can't be worse than any other Minhag. Any other Minhag that, you know, the community accepted, a person shouldn't stop doing it. That's Altitosh Torati Mecha. So he says, Now, those Minhagim are all types of Minhagim that they don't really necessarily have a real source in the Torah. But this, right? And the only reason you do it is because of Shmar Bani Musar Abicha. So definitely when it comes to the mitzvah of tzitzit, which is really a Torah obligation, the Torah commandment certainly says Ramosha Pansin can't be worse than any other of our minagim. And therefore, he's, he's actually taking a lot stronger an opinion than what we saw in the Shulchan Aruch, that it's very good, it's important. Says Ramosha Pansin, there's actually something wrong if you don't wear tzitzit because it's a minag, right? So why should this be worse than any other of the mitzvot, uh, of the minagim? And the Piske Tshuva takes us one step further. He says, Even when it's difficult. We're in Israel are right now experiencing a heat wave. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's very comfortable not to uh, wear tzitzit. Uh, it'd be a lot cooler. Or bishat right? Or if you're going into hard labor, or or you're doing sport. Person's playing a soccer game. That's it. Or yeah, they're going for a job. Should he be wearing tzitzit? According to the Piskei Trubot, one, one, shouldn't, uh, one shouldn't remove um, the Talit Katan, right? Um, but basically, if you look at the, the footnotes over here, there's uh, Rab, Rab David Sperling, he's a uh, Alachic uh, authority uh, teacher at Nishmat and other places. Uh, he says, look, if, if your tzitzit are going to get ruined, then, then perhaps uh, one can take it off. But one should try and exercise uh, with them. Um, again, if a person, as we've seen, that uh, if it's going to cause a person great uh, discomfort, one could argue that, that it's not the end of the world, right? There's no chil, right? And perhaps there might not even be a minak regarding certain uh, activities. However, then I think we'll go back to what the Shulchan Aram says, a pious person should try as much as possible. So the bottom line is, it's a good thing if you take it off for, for, for sport, you're not transgressing any Aveira, um, but you know, if you can keep it on, Areza uh, Meshubach. One last uh, uh, discussion, uh, and now we're getting into the real, real crux of this mitzvah. How do we define this mitzvah? So we see that it's not a real obligation. Um, it's only when certain criteria but the question is, what are those criteria? So one of them is clearly we've seen a garment with four corners. But here we find another criteria. And this is the Gemara in Masechat Menachot Membet. Rav Nachman Ashkechel Rav Adabaraba. So Rav Nachman finds Rav Adabaraba. Rami Chute became Mavarech Lasot Tzitzit. He was making Tzitzit. Rav Adabaraba was making Tzitzit. He was attaching strings to the garment, to the beggar. And he made a brocha, Lasot Tzitzit. Amar Leisar of Nachman says, "My tzitzit tzitzit shamana. What's all this tzitzit business?" Hachi Amar Rav. Rav stated, "Tzitzit ain't shrikha Making of tzitzit does not obligate a bracha, and therefore we actually don't make a bracha. We say l'shem mitzvah tzitzit, but a person making the tzitzit does not make a bracha. Why, why not? I wanted Rab Adabar Ava think that you do make a brocha. Says the Gemara at the end of a lengthy Gemara, we'll just read the last two lines. The machloket between Rab Adabar Ava on the one hand and Rab Nachman, who's actually quoting the Shrit of Rab, is as follows Mar Sabar Talitu, the one holds that the obligation or the fulfillment of the mitzvah is a chovat. Mana, it's the obligation on the actual garment. Mar Savar Chovat Gavra. And Rav and Rav Nachman, they hold no. The fulfillment of the mitzvah is really when, is when you put it on. And the nafkamina between these two is going to be as follows. Abba, a pair of uh, uh, just a four-cornered beggar. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to put, I'm going to make my tzitzit. And that's what I want to do. And it's sitting in my cupboard for three months. According to Rabada Bar Ava, since the obligation of the performance of the mitzvah is actually on the garment, every day that I don't put attached tzitzit to that garment, I am the vatel a mitzvah assay. I am trans I'm nullifying the mitzvah. Whereas according to Rabbi Nachman, no. The mitzvah only begins or is fulfilled when you put when you wear it. And therefore, there's no problem having four-corner garments. I think I actually have one in my cupboard that, you know, just a, just a garment. Sometimes I just wear a bar, a certain tzitzit. And, and when I have time or I need to, then I, I attach the actual strings to the garment. But this is actually a machloket amoraim, whether that is permitted or, or not. And how do we paskin? We paskin as a shulchan aruch, like Rav Nachman and Rav. Tzitzit chovat gavra. It's an obligation on the person, not on the garment. Velochovat mana, and it's not an obligation on the garment. As long as I'm not wearing the garment, patur mitzitzit. 
And the ramification of that is not only can I keep a four-cornered garment without strings in my cupboard, and I'm not doing anything wrong. When I do attach it, I don't say a bracha because I'm not doing a mitzvah. The mitzvah is only when I actually wear it and not when I make it. Now, this is also going to have uh, ramifications regarding who can make the tzitzit. Okay? Who can make the tzitzit? Because uh, we'll see later on, there's a discussion who can make the tzitzit? Can a woman? Uh, make tzitzit, and it's going to come back to this discussion. So when we get to that sugya, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll clarify. Okay, we now are going into a major, major machloket in the Rishonim, how to understand the following Gemara. And this has huge halachic ramifications. Ksut yom or ksut laila. The Gemara in Mesechet Menachot says as follows. Rav Shimon Poter Benashim. Women are exempt from the midst of tzitzit. My time with the Rav Shimon. Why did Rav Shimon say such a thing? The Tanya, Ureitemoto, and you shall see it. Remember the Psukim we said, what are the Ureitemoto from every word in the Psukim? Chazal learned something, some other halacha. Prat leksut laila. Since the Torah tells me I need to be able to see the tzitzit, if I'm aware, if I'm at a time when I'm wearing them that I cannot see them, i.e., at night then I'm going to be exempt. Now, why is that so important? If I'm exempt from tzitzit at night, that makes tzitzit a time-bound mitzvah. And we already know the Gemara Kedushin tells us that women are exempt from all time-bound mitzvahs. And that's what Rav Shimon is really telling us. Now, when Rav Shimon said sut laila, we'll have to discuss what that means. In the meantime, the Gemara has just a long discussion whether maybe it means a uh, uh, it's excluding a blind person. Maybe a blind person doesn't have to uh, have to wear a tzitzit. So the Gemara says, no, it includes a blind person. Why? Because at the end of the day, a blind person, other people can, can see it. Um, I'm just reading the last line. That uh, Laila, no one can see it. Again, take Thomas Jefferson, um, no, Edison. Who created uh, electricity? Edison, I think it was. Oh, one of them. So take him out of the picture. Go back, you know, 250 years ago. Comes nighttime. It's very difficult to see unless you light a fire. And most people weren't, you know, there wasn't a great soul coin to the Torah. You are exempt. Now here comes a huge machloket between the Rosh and the Rambam. How to define Sutlaida. Let's read the Rosh. The Rosh says, Quoting the tour. Right? My father is quoting his father, the Rosh Piresh. The Torah exempts clothing that are especially or dedicated for nighttime purposes, what we'll call colloquially pajamas. If a person walks around, the person's not feeling well. He's in his pajamas, and it's a four-cornered pajama. Okay, we don't have four-cornered four, four -cornered, uh, pajamas, but let's assume that one had. It says the Rosh, since people wear pajamas at night, the person's not feeling well, so it's now 10 o'clock in the morning, he gets out of bed, he's walking around his house in his four-cornered pajamas. Soot, he will be exempt. He doesn't have to put on tzitzit on, that, on, on those pajamas. But a garment that is designated for the day, or leyom but or day and night, even if it's ten o'clock at night, twelve o'clock at night, two o'clock in the in at night, I'm wearing day clothes. I'm obligated to put tzitzit on them and even make a bracha. The Rambam, on the other hand, takes a completely different opinion. He says, "Mutar laadam." Person can wear tzitzit at night, no problem. Even though it's not at the time. So according to the, the, the Rambam, and let's just read the last line, calls man kodem As long as you're wearing it in the day, you make a brocha. According to the Rambam, it depends not on the garment, 
but on the clock? Is it now six o'clock in the evening and the sun is set and it's night time? You are not obligated to wear tzitzit. Come six o'clock in the morning, the sun's risen, you're obligated to wear tzitzit. It's got nothing to do with the type of garment. It's got everything to do Apologies. Um, can everyone hear me now? Hello? Doctor, you can hear me? Okay, great. So uh, apologies regarding that. Please God, how, how, by the way, how is the internet connection this week? Is it better? Yes, it's better. Okay, great, great. So, Bezrat Hashem. Shalom Iftach Pele Satan. So, says the Rambam in Hilchot Tzitzit Per Gimel, Halachachet, calls man shemitatefa bayom mevarechale akkodim shemitatef. As we said, according to the Rambam, the critical criteria is, is it daytime or is it nighttime? As soon as it's daytime and I'm wearing a four-cornered garment, I'm obligated to put tzitzit on the corners. Comes nighttime, I'm exempt. How does the Shulchan Aruch rule? Shulchan Aruch, now here you have two heavyweights because the Shulchan Aruch tells us that he always paskins based on three major authorities, the Rambam, the Rif, and the Rosh. So here we have a clear argument between the Rosh, um, by the way, it's also Shittat Rabbeinu Tam uh, on the one hand, and the Rambam. So let's see how the Shulchan Aruch in this case will paskin. In Yud Chet Sifalev, Laila Zlav Zman Tzitzitu. So it sounds like he's going with the Rambam. But so according to the Rambam, anything that you were going to wear at night is going to be exempt. Even if it's clothing that you usually wear that is designated for daytime. And according to the Rambam, if you're wearing your pajamas at 10 o'clock in the, in the morning, you have to put tzitzit on. The Rosh, the critical category is, is this a daytime garment or nighttime garment? If it's a nighttime garment, even in the day, I'm exempt. Now, the Ram, the Shukhan Aruch did not uh, uh, clarify exactly how he holds. He kind of brought the sheets of the Rambam and the sheets of the Rosh. Very interesting. So here we have the Rambam. And by the way, the Sephardim pretty much also accept this Rama. Safek brachot lahakel. When it comes to brachot, we are lenient. Alkein ein lebarechalav ela kishelovesh beyom vumuyuchad gamken leyom. You need two criteria. Criteria number one is that you are wearing it in the day, and criteria number two is that these are daytime clothing, i.e., not pajamas. By the way, the Rama is writing this as to try and cover the shita of the Rosh and the shita of the Rambam. It actually is a third shita, it's the shita of the Ran. The Ran says you need these two criteria, not Mitzad Safek, that's what ha ha he holds is Me'ikaradim. The Ramad seems to be saying he's passing it more out of Safek, Safek Brachot Mitzad, we don't know if we're passing like the Rambam or passing like the Rosh. Now there's a very interesting, um, um, let me, let me just uh, uh, say this outside. There's a very interesting shit of the Bach. And this is, uh, could come up The Bach basically said that a person shouldn't wear a talit gadol at night because people will think that, uh, that, that you can make, a, it's the time for the mitzvah and you can make a brocha. And the Magen of Ram says based on that, that basically if a person takes off his talit kata, Let's say I've got a wedding. Um, and my wedding's at, you know, the chuppah's at uh, 7.30 at night, and it's uh, winter time in Eretz Yisrael, and I, I come home at 5 o'clock, I have a quick shower. Uh, I finish my shower, it's after Tzaytar Kochavim. And now I'm getting dressed to go to the wedding. Do I, should I put on my talit katan? Should I put on my tzitzit again or not? Now, according to everybody, I do put on the tzitzit, I can't make a brocha. Question is whether I should put it on. So the Magen Abraham brings that maybe according to the Bach, there might be a problem of putting on a Talit Katan. Again, if I'm wearing the Talit Katan already in the day and I only get home and go to sleep at 11 o'clock at night, no one's going to say, take it off. 
But to physically put it on at night, right? That might be a problem. By the way, we saw this with Hilchot Tfilin. The Ikar problem is actually to put Tfilin on during the night. Not If you're wearing Tfilin during the day and you just dragged it on, there's room to say that it's not a problem. The Din de Rabbanan, that a person shouldn't put Tfilin on at night, is actually if you didn't have Tfilin on and then you want to don them afterwards, after Tzaytokokhamim. So based on that, the Bach says, maybe the same problem would apply to Talis, right? to, to Tzitzit. And the Igrot Moshe, of Moshe Feinstein says, he doesn't think that there's a problem. When I initially remembered that Igrot Moshe, I thought that it, he was very fiery against the Bach. When I read it uh, today inside before, before the, the Shear, um, he was quite ambivalent. He wasn't so fiery against the Bach. He just said, there's no problem to put your Tzitzit back on. But he wasn't absolutely that a person is hired to put their tzitzit back on and this is the right thing to do. So it's interesting. Anyway, based on that, um, Badai, I think, uh, I think uh, people should still put it on for a separate reason. That, that uh, you, you know, a person has to be uh, clean in the eyes of Hashem and in the eyes of people. And uh, from Yid, uh, walking around without tzitzit, uh, people are going to say, why, why, why didn't he? Now he's doing it because he's machmir for the shit of the Bach, right? That he thinks that maybe according to the Bach, there, there would have been a problem. But most people are not going to, first of all, know the shit of the Bach and uh, not sure that they're going to be worried about the shit of the Bach, even if they do know about it. And they're going to think badly about this person. So I think that, that that's another shikul, that a person has to be cognizant of the fact that if he's a from Jew, and this is the expected behavior of a from Jew, you don't want people speaking. Uh, speaking out of turn. Right? The mission says a person has to be careful of what people are going to think. Anyway, moving along. Says the Ramah. There is a customary, it is customary not to sleep at night with tzitzit. Now, I don't understand why it's just a custom. It's vadai according to both the Rosh and the Rambam, no reason to wear tzitzit when you go to sleep. Because lichora, you are at that night, and lichora, it's your, your pajamas. So what's going on? Nevertheless, says the Mishnah Bura, of a kitve arizal, katuv al pisod sheyesh lishkav balayle betalit katan. I'll be honest, I've never, I've never gone to sleep with the, with the talit katan, but apparently there are many people that, that do so. Um, and this is a very accepted practice. I think indefinitely in more Hasidic circles, this is very, very uh, accepted, but uh, I'm not sure. I haven't, done, uh, I haven't gone to all the uh, dormitories in all the yeshivas to see what they do at night. Uh, I know personally that I've never done it, but that doesn't mean that uh, there aren't many people that are for the Sarizal and uh, are placing it. Uh, they do sleep with a, a Talit Khan. Okay. Let's, uh, let's continue another critical topic, and that is the material that obligates one to wear tzitzit. The Gemara in Menachot Lametet tells us as follows, Amar Chava Amar Yuda, Chutei Tzemer, Potrin, Veshel Pishtan, Veshel Okay, this is a long Gemara. I'm just going to hala. Um, let's go to the end. Right? Um, Let's go to the second last paragraph. Rav Nachman Kedetanet Ver Rabbi Ishmael. Rav Nachman quotes uh, Torah says it has to be put on our garments. Now in one case, not regarding Hilchot Tzitzit, it talks about Begadim, meaning made out of wool and made out of flax. I've called Tzemer Upishtim so the obligation of tzitzit, when it talks about garments, is only when it is made from wool or from flax. Right? Well, you, you've got that, Rabbi Shmuel. I've got another brighter from Rabbi Shmuel. You might think that it only includes wool. Classic wool 
is from sheep, right? So where I know also wool from camels, semi-arnavim, from rabbits, etc. Venotza shall izim, or goats, va'aklach, va'asrikin, va'achirayin, and all types of other naturally made fabrics such as silk, etc. Talmud lomar, or beged. So here we have a machloket, amorayin. The mitzvah from the Torah on Hilchot Tzitzit, what you have to put it on your beged. What is defined as a beged from the Torah? According to Rab Nachman, only wool, sheep wool, or something made out of flax is going to be considered a beged mina Torah that is that obligates me to wear uh, tzitzit. On the other hand, according to Baye, any natural, and I'm going to stress over here, any natural garment yeah, is going to be considered obligated from the Torah. And even we'll see natural garments, we're going to see an exception to the rule. And the exception to the rule, um, well, let's read the, 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 uh, the Rambam, right? A talit made out of other fabrics, kagon big day meshi, silk, big day tzemer gefen, cotton, big day tzemer gemalim, Wool from camels, semaravim, and not socialism, and chayavim be mitzvot tzitzit ela midivrei chachamim. There's still a Torah of, there's still an obligation to put tzitzit on a four cornered garment made out of cotton, but according to the Rambam, it's only rabbinical. On the other hand, the Rosh, again, here, the Rosh and the Rambam seem to be at odds regarding all of these uh, halachot of tzitzit. The Gemara quoted Rabbi as saying that all other garments are also included in the mitzvah midoraita. And therefore, says Rabbi Nutam, we have a klal in halacha that when we're trying to figure out which Amora we follow, we always go according to Rabbi Shehu Batra. He's the last generation, right? And because he's one of the last generations, we follow Rabbi. And there's also the opinion of Rashi. Even though there's a Tana like Rabbi Shmuel, the Halacha follows Rabbi. This is the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, the opinion of Rashi, and the opinion of the Rosh. So to summarize, we actually have a machloket between Chachmei Ashkenaz and Chachmei Svarad, who the Halacha follows. The Rambam is really following Chachmei Svarad, the Rif and the Goanim. Paskin, that this is a din, midoraita, you're only obligated regarding a beget made out of either out of wool or out of flax, which I think today is called. Um, on the other hand, Rabbi Nutam and Chachmei Ashkenaz, Paskin, no. Uh, we lost you, I think. Uh, I can't hear you. Yeah, we could lost him. Sorry, I lost my internet connection. Let me try once more to reconnect everyone to the uh, to the screen. So yeah, the Shulchan Aruch, as I said, no surprises over here. The Shulchan Aruch basically is going like the, the, the Rambam, that the mitzvah from the Torah is to specifically wear a woolen garment right? or, or flax, which is less common today. Uh, and there, there, there are other issues with, uh, with that that maybe we'll discuss later. The Yeshomrim says the Rambam, the Kulu Chayavin Midoraita, that all of these natural garments are obligated from the Torah. I, if I've got a cotton uh, shirt that's four corners. According to Ramah, I've got an obligation from the Torah to fulfill my obligation from the Torah. That is the opinion of the Ramah. How does the Mishnah Brura rule? The Mishnah Brura, interestingly enough, says, 
אף צריך לברך על מצווה שאימי דה רבנן גם כן. אובייסלי, אם אני פלצוני אובליגייטר דרבניקלי, יסטול סייר ברוכה, מכל מקום, נפקא מינא לעניין כמה דברים. He says there's still ramification. Number one, יותר ראוי לעשות בגד שהוא יוצא בו מן התורה. It is preferable to fulfill the obligation where the obligation is from the Torah and not only rabbinically. And this goes back to the beginning of the shir. We said that perhaps I don't have an obligation to begin with. The reason why I'm wearing a four-cornered garment is I'm trying to make myself be obligated in the midst of tzitzit. Well, if you're trying to make yourself be obligated in the midst of tzitzit, doesn't it make sense to try and make yourself obligated in the midst of, according to the Torah, according to all opinions? So that's an argument that the, that the mission bureau is putting forward over here. A person should try and fulfill the mitzvah according to everyone, the Rambam included and the Rif, and not just Rabbi Nutam and the Rosh. That's number one. Okay, he's got another few nafkaminas, but uh, um, he says at the end of here, that a person who has a fear of heaven should try and fulfill the obligation according to the Rambam and wear a woolen uh, uh, garment, in order that a person fulfills his obligation according to everyone. Now, here's the interesting thing. The, probably the, the, the person who is the most um, affiliated or recognized as the father of Haredi Judaism in Eretz Israel, it's arguably one of two people, either Rav Shach, or the Chazonish. At least uh, from a halachic perspective, I would say the Chazonish is the, uh, the um, person who, who basically signifies uh, Haredi Judaism in, in, in Eretz Israel was none other than the Chazonish. And here, Rab, Rab Nevensal has a very, very interesting uh, uh, description of the Chazonish. Vashem Chazonish Masru. The Chazonish, who is super makpid to try and fulfill all the opinions according to everyone, etc., etc., regarding across the board, we know Shir Chazonish, etc. He never wore a talit shaltzeme. He didn't wear a woolen talit katan. Why not? The Amar Shechamlo betalit makes him hot. Makes him hot. The Chazonish was so masur to halacha, he would do whatever needs to be done to fulfill the mitzvah just because it makes him hot. So he's not going to try and fulfill the mitzvah according to the Rambam. But according to the Chazonish, it was a critical criteria that it made him hot. Says the Chazonish, it has to be a beggar, it has to be considered a garment. If a person is being now, why do you wear a garment? A person wears garment to protect themselves, to clothe themselves. But if a garment is causing you discomfort, it's not considered a garment. He says, If you're not getting benefit from wearing that garment, So basically, the, the chazonish was machmir not to wear a woolen talit katan. As opposed to the the the, the Mishabura says a person should be machmir to wear talit katan to fulfill the obligation according to the Rambam. The Chazonish was machmir not to wear talit katan not semer because he felt that it was hot. Now the Mishabura is living in uh, in Radin, right, in Poland, so I don't think it got so hot there. Whereas the uh, Chazonish was living in Penegra, where it gets quite hot uh, in the summer. So one could argue that uh, maybe they're not disagreeing, but it doesn't seem to be that way. The accepted opinion, as far as I know, even in the entire yeshivish world, is basically to try and wear talit katan shel tzemet. Uh, I might be wrong, but the chazonish, although, as I said, he is the par excellence, uh, um, you know, defana of halacha for Haredi Judaism. In this particular instance, I don't think they accepted his, uh, his opinion. And I think most people across the spectrum try and wear a talit katan shel And based on perhaps what Rav Zaman Arbach says, mitzvah, since I am wearing it to fulfill a mitzvah, so I am getting benefit. So because of that, chashiv beged.
it's still considered a big. Now, we've got 10 more minutes, and I just want to discuss a very, very critical discussion, and that is, up until now, we've been discussing what is the optimal uh, way to wear tzitzit. Does it have to be a woolen garment, or can it be a cotton garment? And now we have to discuss um, something completely different. Since 1938, um, nylon has become a fabric that is made, uh, that, that we use to, to, for in, in, the, <clears throat> in, in making shirts, etc. Now, nylon is not a natural uh, fabric. It's basically made out of petroleum. Um, I actually went onto Wikipedia to before the year just to find out what nylon is made of. But basically, they take petrol and coal and water and mix it all together, and they come out with this uh, nylon fabric, which has different names. Some are polyester, polyethylene, poly this, poly more, poly that, draft, all different types of uh, ways in which they mix these um, different uh, um, molecules together to get different variations. But the common denominator is these are not natural substances. And the question is, can a person fulfill their mitzvah at all? Even according to the Ramah, the, Ramah, the, the Shulchan Aruch says, okay, midoraita, only wool and flax. According to the Ramah, any natural, any natural uh, fabric, other than leather, the Gemara says explicitly leather not, you also fulfill your obligation. But now this is some synthetic fabric. Can one fulfill one, the mitzvah of tzitzit with synthetic fabric? And here we have a huge machloket between the achronim of the last generation. On the one hand, we have Rav Moshe Feinstein. Let me just, uh, um, I'm, I'm skipping because um, I'm skipping the, the lavush. But it's critical, we're going to come back to the, the bush basically says that the Gemara, that, that I, I'm not going to read inside, but the Gemara basically says in Menachot Mem, that leather, according to everybody, is not considered a garment. Right? And then the Gemara over there has a discussion, one of the corners of the garment are leather, or but the actual garment is wool. Is that an obligation? But according to everybody, if it's a leather garment completely, even though it's four corners, one doesn't put on tzitzit. One is exempt from putting on tzitzit. And the Lavush explains that the reason why leather is not considered a garment is because a garment, by definition, is something that is woven, right? But leather is not woven. Now, even if you take leather and you cut it into thin strips and then you weave it together, says the, uh, says the Lavush, since initially it could have been worn as a garment without being woven, so that takes it out of the category of beggared. A beggar minatora is something that needs to be woven in order to become a uh, some type of clothing. So based on that in the bush, let's see what the uh, Igrot, well, let's see what Rav Sli Pesach Frank, the famous Rav of Yerushalayim, uh, said regarding this issue. He said like this, There are two types of nylon. You can basically, they create it as one long plank, almost like a tablecloth. Imagine a massive tablecloth made out of nylon, right? That, a normal CRA, that was never woven. According to the bush, that is not included in the mitzvah of, of a beggar. However, nylon, nylon. But then there's nylon, it's made out of, they almost they make like strands. And then they weave the strands of nylon together. And that's a woven uh, 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 combination. According to Frank, that type of nylon is obligated. So we've seen that according to Frank, you have to find out how was the nylon actually made. Rav Moshe Feinstein takes a different approach. Rav Moshe Feinstein basically says, and I'll read it very quickly. That these types of fabrics, are these synthetic fabrics, are exempt. Even according to the Ramat, who said that, you know, not just wool, but all types of natural fabrics are obligated. 
And now the Rav Moshe Panatin explains. Hatam the modush yesh beget shepatul mitzitzit. Everyone agrees. There's a third category that is exempt from tzitzit. The Gemara was referring to leather. But says Rav Moshe Panatin, since there is such a category where we have a fabric that is exempt from tzitzit, in the Gemara's times it was leather, more beget or then even regarding these new synthetics, says Ramosh Lefaisin, they fit into that third category. And that third category is they are not similar to wool and to, um, and to flax, and therefore they fit more into the category of leather. And he says you can't fulfill your mitzvah with a polyester uh, tzitzit garment. So all of these meshy type of um, um, garments, you know, the, uh, they've got lots of holes in them. According to Moshe Feinstein, clearly that you can't fulfill the mitzvah of tzitzit with them. And uh, I suppose if you make a brocha, it's a brocha lebatala. According to Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank, you would have to see how those, uh, uh, those like netting types of begadim were actually made. Were they made as one thing or were they, they sewn together? I'm not sure. Uh, and finally, we have the opinion of the tzitzit and basically, the tzitzeliezer says, on the one hand, he thinks that you can't fulfill the mitzvah tzitzit with them, and therefore you have to put tzitzit on a four-cornered garment made out of nylon. On the other hand, he said, I don't think you can make a bracha. You can't make a bracha on such a beged. Safek brachot lahakel. And therefore, on the one hand, he says, person shouldn't wear such a garment without tzitzit. On the other hand, he says, one can't make a bracha. So, bottom line, regarding the obligation of a four-cornered garment. We've seen, at least in today's year, that there is a, although it's not an absolute obligation, one should try as much as possible to wear a four-cornered garment. According to Moshe Feinstein, it's actually even a minag that one, you know, if one's breaking a minag if one doesn't do it. Uh, what are the criteria in order to be obligated? So we saw at least a garment of four corners. We saw that it has to be, according to the Rambam, minatora, only a garment made of wool right, Go, uh, wool from sheep or uh, flax. According to the Ramah, uh, based on Rabbein Lutam and the Rosh, any natural garment would be obligated. So that seems to be a machlok between the Ramah and the Shulchan Aruch. The Mishnah Buru says that even Ashkenazim should try and be machmir and to wear talikat and shell wool. We saw that the Chazonish was machmir dafka not to wear it, where it makes a person very hot because he felt that that was not considered a beggar. As we said, most as far as I know, most of the yeshiva world didn't accept the Chazonish's opinion regarding this issue. Uh, finally, regarding all types of nylons, polyester, etc., it seems to be a huge problem. And if, if one can, one should definitely try and wear uh, a cotton type of uh, tzitzit or something else, um, or some other natural fiber, um, even if one's not going to wear woolen, Talit cotton, you know, my kids definitely don't wear woolen talit cotton, but you know, you should try make sure that they should be wearing uh, something like a cotton as opposed to uh, a nylon, which again, there's a big discussion about it as we saw a four way machloket between Nachroni. Okay, next week, Bezrat Hashem will continue. Do I have a question? Of course. Uh, just for clarification, so according to Rav Moshe Feinstein, a, a polyester tzitzit. You, you is not mechuyev in tzitzit, and you do not have to make a bracha uh, make on a bracha. it. Or make a bracha. Or you make cannot. A bracha. You cannot. No, it's a bracha levatola. Right. Right. right, right, okay. But is there a mitzvah kiyumit if you wear it with tzitzit? According to Rav Moshe Feinstein, his wording is that basically he thinks that uh, um, no, he doesn't think that you fulfill anything with it. Mm -hmm. what, what would the Chazonish say about it? The Chazonish, the, as far as I know, the Chazonish didn't write about it. I'm not sure what he would say. I'm not sure what he would say. Um, but uh, I would, I would imagine that he would, he would be Mahmer, uh, just, just knowing the Chazonish. Uh, no, the fact that he doesn't it. wear the wool. That's why I'm, I'm. No, wondering. but he didn't wear the wool for a Chumrah, because it has to be, it has to be considered something that you're getting benefit from. So if you wear a cotton garment, says the Chazonif, that's cooler for him, right? Yeah, but, but, it, but the polyester is even cooler. Yeah, but it's not, 
it's like uh, not, uh, I don't think it's such a big difference. I don't know. Often or polyethylene. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, I would find it hard to imagine. Okay.